Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Thank you for coming to church. I like to preach to people, not to empty chairs. So I thank you for coming to church. And this is a wonderful church. It's a wonderful church. Amen. Thank you for believing in Hannah and I. Thank you for supporting us. It means much more than you. Then you know, we are very privileged, and it's a joy. Amen? Amen. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I always forget something. Always. So I have to look, to my, look over to my wife. So, I mean, she is keeping me in line all the time. She is, my wife, she is very quiet, uh, but not at home. Just a joke. <laughs> but what I'm trying to tell you is that uh, we, I couldn't do what we were doing in Africa without my wife. That's the truth. And my wife, she is working hard. And actually, many people think I'm the boss, but I'm not. So sometimes I have to buy a T-shirt or something written, the boss. Uh, but she is the boss. And, and she is holding a lot of ropes. I mean, uh, we've been in Tanzania for 48 years, since 1974. I was 26, she was 24, we had two small kids, and the third one, she was born in the bush, literally in the bush, 1975. And I adore my wife to be able to do it. I really do. I'm glad I'm not a woman, if you understand me. She is very strong, absolutely. And uh, we, did, we didn't know a whole, whole lot. We just knew God called us. Amen. It's not a job assignment. We knew God called us. So we went. And here we are, 48 years later. And uh, uh, I, I, I have been struggling this I've been struggling today when I was praying for the service because I felt I had a message. But sometimes the Lord is taking the message, message away. And he did that to me this morning. And I didn't like it. But anyhow, my wife, she's saying, sign up sheets, sign up sheets, sign up sheets. Because I always forget it, sign up sheets. We love to stay in contact with people we are visiting. And we send out every month a lot of information about what God is doing in Tanzania. So I want you to sign up. Out there, there's sign-up sheets. And my wife always tells me, tell them to write nicely so she can read it. Because if something is wrong, you will never hear from us. Some people, I don't know, they write like a doctor. And I don't have that interpretation. Gift. They interpret it. So please, when you leave, sign up and you will get emails from my wife. It's my wife sending it out. And I have two books with me. Um, I think I brought this book last year. But if you didn't got, got it last year, you, can, you have the chance this year. And um, <clears throat> I think I'll read some. Just a little part for you. Because I'm, if I'm reading too much, you're not going to buy it. It's a very good book. I know the order. I know I'm quite good. 
and my wife, she is a part of it too. But I, 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 I just want to read some. And another time, I was preaching in a small village without any hotels or guest houses. So I stayed in the pastor's hut. Hut. You don't call it a house. A mud hut. Along with hundreds of rats. I don't like rats. Do you? I don't like them at all. There was, there was no electricity, only a local made oil, oil, oil lamp. And when I blew it out, it became pitch dark. Africa can be dark. When the pastor realized that I had blown out the oil lamp during the night, he told me not to do that. Why? If I let the light wear on all night, it would have, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have any rats in my bed because they don't like the light. Just like the demons. They don't like the light. So every night for a week, the lamp kept away the rats. Oh, no, I, I will not go there, but I have too many stories, real stories. Oh, by the way, the same time the, uh, the, 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 the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, when you stay there for a week, you need to go to the bathroom. I mean, you can hold it for some time, but... <laughs> It was out there, out there in the field, and, and uh, I mean, it was just a circle of some, some uh, trees and, and uh, grass, and, and there was a digged hole, and, and every time I went out there, all the kids were watching me. <laughs> White man is going to the bathroom. <laughs> you did it quick. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, you took the shower at the same place. They gave you a bucket of water, and then you hide. <laughs> the white man is taking a shower. <laughs> the other book is a brand new book. Actually, it's my, my teaching notes. I've been preaching, teaching in a Bible school in Norway for many years. And I call it eagle or chicken. What do you want to be, an eagle or chicken? It's your decision. Sometimes... Not you, not you, but other Christians are irritating me. Not you. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Why? Because they leave everything to God. And of course, we should leave everything to God. But we, you and I, we have a part. And we are responsible for our lives. And in Africa, I mean, especially the Muslims... Everything bad, everything good, whatever happen, ever happens is Allah. It's not my God. If there's a bad accident, if some people are hurt, if some people uh, die, it's, it's God. Maybe the driver was drunk. God is not drunk. So you decide if you want to be a chicken or an eagle. Have you seen a chicken? Do you have chicken in, uh, on this island? Just going and picking. <laughs> but the eagle is out there. Huh? I, I, I just want to read a couple of lines for you. Um, 
It's very easy to be ordinary. We are from Europe. And uh, we don't live in Europe. And I don't want to, want to live in Europe. In, if, if God called me to live in Europe, I wouldn't. Mm -mm. Because in Europe, you, you can't be ordinary. You have to be like your neighbor on every side. It's very easy to be ordinary. But one who is genuine and allows himself to be filled with the word and the spirit of God will always be extraordinary. Always. Always. Never settle for anything but the best. The best, the best, the best. And I know some Christians, not here but other places, especially in Europe. When you're talking about the best, God wants to bless you. Want, I mean, no, I, I don't go there. God gave us the best. He gave us his only son. Jesus gave us the best. So don't settle for the best because God wants to give you the best of the best. Do not fear criticism. I don't like to be criticized. No one likes that. But you can't do anything without being criticized. Huh? Now the shirt is red. It should be blue. But I decided the red shirt tonight. And I got the permission from my wife. <laughs> now he has colorful socks. Oh, yeah, I have. <laughs> to be criticized is unbelievable. Now he's driving the wrong car. He's living in the wrong house. Do not fear criticism. Because those who want to avoid criticism just must do three things. Number one, do nothing. Be nothing. Say nothing. Always remember that God doesn't have space for those who look back. Think back and act back. Also do not be influenced by what you see and hear, but by what you believe. It is better to die trusting in God than live in unbelief. Amen. Amen. So tonight, a special offer. You see, I'm watching American TV over here. Every day, special offer. And it always ends on, the price is always 99 cents. I never got that. 99. <laughs> so the normal price for each book is how much? 12, 13 dollars. 12.99. But tonight a special offer. Tonight a special offer. If you take two books, you can get it for 20. Then you save money. Actually, the other day in, 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 in Bosha City, in Shreveport, we went to a Nike shop. And... and, and uh, so when I went to the counter to pay, the guy looked at me and said, you're saving a lot of money. And he mentioned 40%, 20%. And then I looked at him and finally I said, can you give me the saving in cash? <laughs> he couldn't. <laughs> but tonight you will save money and you will go home with some, some really good books. Uh, and and you, you don't know, but um, there are some bodyguards out there... Uh, uh, you can't leave without buying the books. I'm instructed by the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. So, so tonight, I've been, I mean, in, in my heart, I've been struggling, but um, I'm a missionary. And, and don't get me wrong, I, uh, don't, don't, mis, don't misunderstand me. Don't misunderstand me. Three times I want to repeat it, don't misunderstand me. <laughs> because you can always go wrong when you talk about yourself. But I can only talk about my experiences. I can't talk about your experiences. So everyone has feelings. Even you have feelings. Amen? Amen? Amen. Feelings are created from circumstances. Circumstances can, can make me happy and can make me sad. If somebody tells me we will go eat... Um, um, a ribeye. I have good feelings. <laughs> so, as a missionary or missionaries, there's a lot of feelings involved. And feelings can cheat you. But circumstances don't cheat you. So, um, before I, I continue further... Uh, in Jeremiah 29, 11, God said, God himself said, no man but God, he said, I know the plans I have for you. You see, God even knows us before we were born. And God has plans for everyone. And God has plans for me and for my wife and my family as well for you. And God's plans are different. I don't know why God called us to Africa. I've been asking God so many times, but he never answered me. But when I come to heaven, I want to ask him again. And I will continue to ask him until he answers me, because I'm not leaving heaven. God, he said, I know God is not confused. God always knows what he is doing. God, he said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. So here's my question. Can a missionary prosper? But you see, in the, I don't know, not here, but other places, it seems that the Christians don't believe missionaries can prosper. A missionary has to look ugly, being sick. Very skinny, drive an old car, live in a mud hut, and begging for money. Don't misunderstand me. I met that I met people like, like that. But I find in my Bible, wherever we are serving God, God can make us prosper. And when I'm talking about prosperity, I'm not talking about having hundred houses and twenty-five Mercedes Benz and yaks. Oh no, no, no. Just having enough. And even more than enough. So I can bless others. So God wants us to prosper. You see, Hannah and I, we could live in a mud hut for some weeks. But not for 48 years. We're not born in Africa. The Africans do it because they're born there. But they don't want to stay there forever. They want to leave the mud hut 
So why should I build a marhat for my family? In the beginning, we rented a house until God said, don't give money out to other people. Build your own house. I said, God, you are crazy. I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> I have to shorten it because it's a long story. No Christians help me. I'm not blaming anyone. Don't get me wrong. But a Muslim man in Tanzania, he helped me to build my house. He lended me all the money I needed. That's God's prosperity. Actually, when I bought a piece of land, I bought it without the permission of my wife. So I bought it, I took it out to the land, and, and, and there was nothing, there was absolutely nothing. There was a cornfield. There was one house or Maasai village with mud huts. I asked my wife if I built her house, if she could live there. She smiled and said yes. But later on, she told me it was no. <laughs> no money, no electricity. No water, no nothing. But a Muslim lended me all the money to build the house without interest rate. When I moved in the house, I went back to the Muslim. A young guy said, I'm in the house. Can you give me a bill? And I said, I know I can't pay it all at once, but I will pay it back. He said, don't worry. I trust you. And I don't know why I trust you, but I trust you. It took many months to get the bill. Because he couldn't remember how much money he gave me. But I take notes. And I gave him a notebook. And he made me a bill. And slowly, slowly, I paid it off. Prosperity doesn't need to come from Christians. It can come, mommy, for even Muslims. Amen? Amen? So, I tried to build a house. I'm not a builder, but I wanted to be nice. So I had, I had people from Europe coming with a, with, with a video camera. I mean, I let them in my house. I fed them. And then they, they filmed every room. And then they talked to the friends. Look at them. They don't need any money more. No, I, I jump over it. I jump over it. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Last year, I, I, I got sick. I didn't plan to get sick. I don't want to get sick. I believe in health. I'm teaching health. I'm preaching health. I'm praying for the sick people. But I got sick, and I can't understand why I got sick. I, I got, it's not answering me. But today I'm healed. I was hospitalized in, in, in New Orleans. And I, when I was released, Pastor Sam sent a private jet to pick me up because I couldn't handle a drive to Shreveport. And I was so excited and thankful to God, so I put it on my Facebook site. And someone in Europe asked me the question, do you have a private jet? I would love to have a private jet, but I have a good friend. And God is blessing me. But you, no, leave it. Plans to prosper you. No, no, no. I can't stop there. I'm traveling, we're traveling on African roads all the time. I'm 
done it without my car. I've been on a public transportation. It is going to kill you for 40 or 80 years. That's impossible. 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 So God has blessed me with a nice Toyota Land Cruiser for all the years. All the years. The one I had before this one I have now, it was a pastor in New Orleans. I really needed a new one. I was out doing a crusade. It was night. I was in the bed. And there's a big time difference, you know. Finally, my mobile phone was ringing, and it was Pastor Randy Silofu. He said, Brother Eagle, I know you need a new land cruiser. How much money do you need? He asked me how much money I need. So I told him I need 30,000 U.S. dollars. He said, make sure my secretary get all the details. Money is on the way. I got a new Land Cruiser. I had it for 10 years. I take good care of it because I know where it's coming from. And then people are coming, looking at my car. Oh, it's an expensive car. So what? You didn't pay for it. I didn't pay for it. It was given to me. Should I reject? I'm not stupid. <laughs> so I used it for 10 years. I really wanted a new one. And I prayed about it. I tried to save money. But the, our mission work demanded money, 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 money. So I didn't have any money. Didn't have any money. Didn't have any money. So I came back to New Orleans to the same pastor. Before preaching Sunday morning, he gave me a check. Before preaching. You know, as a missionary, you have to preach good so you get a good offering. Before preaching, he handed over a check to me. 80000 for a new Land Cruiser. God is good. God is good. I said, God, I want the best Land Cruiser. I'm 74 years old. If you want me to, to travel the nation of Tanzania, I want the best one. So I went to Toyota Tanzania. I told them I want the best one. It's actually the same as our president has. And I got it. So in the beginning, when I drove the, the roads, we had a lot of traffic officers on the roads. Every time they saw my I coming, they were... <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Should I reject it? No. God said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. God is not harming us. He's a good God. Plans to give you hope and future. Jesus, he said, go into all the world and preach the good news, the gospel, to all creation. Peter said to Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. And literally, we left everything. We left everything in Europe. We sold our house. We gave all the money to mission. Only belongings we had we could carry by ourselves when we went to Tanzania 74. Crazy? Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely crazy when you think about it. But God is good. God is always good. Peter said, we have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied. No one... Who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother 
or father or children or fields means business for me and the gospel will fail to receive hundred times as much in this present age. Don't misunderstand me, but too many people tell me, God bless you. I want to be blessed. And too many people tell me, God is going to reward you in heaven. I want that part too. But I want some of it now. Because the more we are blessed, the more we can do. Amen? Amen? So, uh, Jesus said, and with them, persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. We don't serve because of money. We don't, this, we don't serve because of houses. We serve because of the people. Everything is about people. But then it's good to be blessed sometimes. The other night in Shreveport, I took my wife out for dinner. And when I wanted the bill, the check, I got it. It's at zero, zero, point zero, zero. I regret it. I didn't have dessert. <laughs> Somebody in the restaurant paid the bill. So I put it on my Facebook site. I love to irritate some Christians. And a lady I know in Denmark, she asked, why? Why? Why do you ask the why? Somebody blessed us. Why? I don't get it. Why? Only question. So I had to explain for her. Somebody recognized us and they wanted to bless us. She never answered back. God said, do not grieve. I tell you on the mission field, I saw many, 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 many days you can feel so sorry for yourself. But for me, the hardest part is, what about my wife? Well, she agreed from the early beginning, even before we got married. But still, I know women. Yeah. Oh, Lord, give me mercy. She can't shop in Africa. You don't go, go to the market to, to shop new dresses. Mm -mm. What about my children? They don't have a choice. They follow their parents. I mean, I'm not going to, 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 to talk myself into self-pity, but I, I want you to understand Then God said, don't grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah. It's not my joy. I had, to, I had to understand it. It's not my joy. Yeah. 
I had to send my children far away, even to another nation, to, 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 to get an education. And it cost a lot of money. I mean, a lot, if you understand the word lot. At least for a missionary, a lot of money. And I'm demanded to do it. Because we are Danes and there's a law in Denmark, even if we live outside Denmark, we are supposed to give our kids the same kind of education as the Danish kids in Denmark. And if you don't and you come back to Denmark, they can take you to court. But the joy of the Lord, it's not the joy of the circumstances. It's not the joy of coming from my feelings. But it's a joy of the Lord. The Lord's joy. I can tap into the joy of Jesus. In the valley of death, I can be joyful. So last year when I was in the hospital in New Orleans, one night a nurse, she came in. And she was so excited, she irritated me because I was, I was dead sick. I was dead sick. I had a couple of days, uh, it, it, difficult for me to remember. And if I wouldn't be that strong, I, I think I would be in heaven today. So she came in and she was so excited. And he said, she said, we, we figured out who you are. How they went to the internet. And then she, she was so excited. She was a pastor's wife from St. Lake Charles. And then, oh my goodness, I was so tired. I was so sick. She, had, she just gave me all the problems as a pastor's wife. All of it. She was breaking all the laws. She was giving it to me, giving it to me, and giving it to me. And I have really, inside me, I really want to tell her, shut up and leave. But I was so sick, I couldn't do it. My circumstances was terrible. And finally, finally, she said, can you pray for me? I needed prayer myself. I hardly didn't have any voice. But I whispered a prayer. And she was happy and she left. The next morning, before she was leaving, she came to my room with two other nurses. And she said, they need prayer too. I wasn't happy that morning, but I prayed for them. But today I'm happy. Today I'm happy. Today I'm happy. I crucified myself. They break the laws and the rules. But he needed help. Maybe more than I needed help. The joy of the Lord. Every day, Pastor Frank Bailey from Victory Church came. Every day. I thank God for pastors. I thank God for the church family. I thank God for the Christian friends. Every day. And he put his mouth into my ear and prophesied. I will never forget it. The joy of the Lord is not coming out of the circumstances. I would be a very, very sad person if the joy 
should come from my circumstances. I'm telling you the truth. But the joy is a decision to plug in to the joy of Jesus. God said in Revelation 22, 12, Behold, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to everyone according to what he has done. In the month of May, we were traveling to churches in Denmark. And I really wanted to slap a lady. <laughs> in New Orleans, you can, you, you, you can, you can buy some... Um, Spices, seasoning, called Slappy Mama. <laughs> and I love it. And every year we buy one, <laughs> Slappy Mama. But after I was preaching, uh, people are coming forward for prayer. She was the first one. She took all the time. And she was just discussing. Oh, she didn't have to do anything because she was in Christ Jesus. And Jesus did everything through her. That's too easy. It's not how it works. If Jesus wants me to Africa, I have to travel to Africa. I can't sit in Denmark and Jesus is doing my job in Africa. So I try to tell her, yeah, Jesus is doing through it to us, but we have to, to be in accord with Jesus. And she was very upset. Finally, I had to, in the name of Jesus. Because people lined up that he needed prayer. She didn't want any prayer because Jesus would do everything. Why do you spend time talking to me and destroying my time? Come out! No, no, no. <laughs> Rewards. <laughs> Rewards. <laughs> and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. There's some doing. People are not getting saved as you saw it. In my last crusade, just before coming over here, before I'm traveling to that village, I have to do something. I have to prepare myself. I have to pay the bills. I have to send my teams. We have a lot of work we are doing. But then the reward is coming when we do it. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So this morning, I wrote something, and I'm not sure I can get through it all, but questions are coming to, to us. I believe you too, questions are coming to you, if you do it right. For example, did I do the right thing when I think about my marriage? Moving to Africa. You Americans, I see it on Facebook. All of you have date nights. You've been married for 25 years and you still have date nights? I say European, you can't understand it. Absolute African, don't get it. There's no date nights in Africa. Do you want to take my wife to a local, don't get me wrong, a local African 
restaurant, a date night, she's going to kill me. Not quickly, but slowly so I can feel the pain. Remember, it's the third world. It's one of the poorest nations in the world. I have to take care of my marriage. In the beginning, our office was in the bedroom. Stupid guy, Egon. Dumb guy, Egon. I didn't have any space. I didn't have anything. So the office was in the bedroom. How dumb can you be and still be alive? <laughs> the bedroom in a, in a marriage is a holy place. There I can have a date night without any dinner and candlelights. Some of you don't get me. Right? You, you know, <laughs> a lady asked her husband after 27 years of marriage, she said, in, in the beginning you always told me you love me, but I'd never hear the words anymore. Then he looked at her and he said, I told it in the church. In front of the pastor and all the people and in front of God, I will love you until death. So if there will be a change, I will let you know. <laughs> but I'm telling you, <laughs> don't misunderstand me. <laughs> I've been struggling all day with this, but I have to do it. <laughs> in the U.S., you take your bride out, and it's very easy. Every corner there's restaurant, every corner there's shop. But in Africa, we are lonely. When evening comes, we don't go out. It's too dangerous, and where to go? So every night I'm sitting there together with my wife. At nine o'clock, she is sleeping in her chair. How do you? <laughs> Ooh. So one night, she was sleeping in her chair. I actually wanted to go to bed. I wanted to put out all the lights. I nearly succeeded. <laughs> but leaving the room, she said, huh? are you leaving? No, 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 ma'am, no, ma'am. No, 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 ma'am. Maybe no missionaries are telling you the truth, but I have to take care of my love life. It's very important as a missionary. Because if, if we are breaking up, we can't serve. If I have a problem, I can't serve. If I have an argument and she's sitting behind me, I can't preach. I'm very sensitive. You can ask her. So if you have an argument, and it happens. Sometimes, you know, I'm roots to eat Italy in my blood. And, you know. <laughs> but then I have to go and preach. And I can't do it. I can't get it out. I can't get the anointing to come. 
She's sitting behind me. So I have to ask for forgiveness. So I tell myself, why should I ask for forgiveness? Because she always tells me, without you asking, you are forgiven. Why should I ask? But if I don't ask, I'm in trouble. What about my kids? I've seen too many missionary kids turning their back to the Lord Jesus. And I don't like it. Oh, it was so painful. It was so painful. When my firstborn daughter, Tina, called me and she said, Dad, I want to come home to you. I said, you are not coming until midterm. You have to stay. Oh, Dad, I need to go home. I need to see Mom and you. I need to. I said, you can't. You have to hang in. You have to. That night I went to bed. And it was like a knife killing me. What about a normal lifestyle? It's impossible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. I'm I'm, No, no, no. I'm not complaining. Not at all. Not at all. I'm happy, 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 happy. I'm so glad God called us to Africa. I am. But what about a normal lifestyle in Africa? Africa is black. And we don't have a lot of white people. Many of the places, most of the places we are going preaching, there are no white people. Only me and my wife. Sometimes I would like to hide. (laughs) Really, I would like to hide. But even painting is not good enough. I don't have the shape. So every eye is watching me. Even in Arusha, when I'm leaving my gate, kids on my road, they know my name, but they never call me by their name. They call me white man. White man. And it's not wrong because I'm white. Give me a break sometimes. But there's no break because I'm white. If I go downtown, everyone is watching me. The white man is coming. Maybe he has some money to give us. Leave me alone. Give me a normal lifestyle. But that's not normal lifestyle. Impossible. What about malaria? Oh, I promised pastor preaching short tonight. I broke the promise. Already. (laughs) What about malaria? It's the biggest killer in Africa. Biggest. We've been sick of malaria I don't know how many times. Then some new missionaries are coming. Or some missionary teams. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Just believe God. Okay, you come and stay for 48 years and believe God. I remember one time I had to take my wife to the hospital because she was dying of malaria. We went to a doctor first and we got some medication that didn't work. And one afternoon about four o'clock, she didn't respond to me. I called the doctor. He said, bring her to the hospital straight away. Uh, She couldn't walk. 
I carried her into my car down to the hospital. Actually, I regret I didn't take a picture. Because if I took a picture, I would keep it until she was 100 years old. It was that picture I had. That's a look she had. But God is faithful. She's still alive. What about running water? No, I don't go there. Our first phone was that type. Operator, wake up. Operator, wake The first phone. No computers. No mobile phones. A normal letter took six weeks to reach Europe. So when our last child was born, I called the operator eight o'clock in the evening. Ying, ying, ying. I want to talk to my parents in Denmark. He said, spell the name of your parents. Strange names. The name of the city, the name of the nation, the number. I gave it all to him and he said, I'll call you back. One o'clock in the morning, my phone was ringing. It was true to Denmark. Five hours. What about always having a demand on you? Because you're a missionary. Demand from the government. Even two days ago, two days or three days ago, uh, I, I got a message from, from our office. Uh, the government want, want us to supply one of the school buses and a driver because... Uh, they had something going. They wanted my school bus. The government. And I can't say no. Because if I say no, next time I go to the office, they say no to me. There's a demand. Being a missionary. Sometimes it would be nicer to be a plumber. What about uh, being stabbed? Judas, the best co-worker, suddenly turning around and stab you in the back and take you to court. Without me or my organization doing anything wrong. Greedy for money. There's a book called Before We Kill You and Eat You. It happened about 100 years ago in the western part of Africa. A missionary from UK. I didn't know what he did, but it was a crisis. And, and they surrounded his house, and he knew they, they, were, they were coming to kill him. And he was scared to death, and he had to go outside. So he went outside, and he told them, before you kill me. And, and they were eating humans. So he knew they would kill him and, and eat him. So he said, before you kill me and eat me, please allow me to speak to you. And suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he was praying in tongues without knowing he was speaking the language which he never learned. 
And I, when he was done, all of them were, were on their knees and repenting their sins and became Christians. And the church was founded. I promise you I'm going to finish. I'm jumping over a lot of stuff. But I want you to consider that's why we are in Africa. Number one, because God called us. And we've found out God, wherever he is taking you, however difficult it can be for the human being, he will provide and make you happy to serve him there. So consider how precious a soul must be when both God and the devil are after it. A soul. And I'm reading from a newsletter. When we turned away from the main road in Kahama and drove towards Ushetu, the crusade, it became more and more desolated and very dusty, such as it only can be in Africa during the dry season. At one point, we believed we were lost. And we are not, I mean, 48 years, you're not getting lost. But we thought we were lost. But suddenly... We met a group of motorcycles and a few cars coming towards us to guide us to Ushetu with police protection. After a lot of singing, Africans, they love to sing. Oh, my goodness. Every night, our Bible school is located next to our house. Every night, 8 o'clock, they sit outside and they worship. I miss it when I'm here. The singing, the worship. They don't care about the neighbors. If the neighbors don't like it, they can move. <laughs> After a lot of singing and speeches from the different pastors, church leaders, and government officials, we could finally go to bed. It took us a little while before we could sleep because the hyenas had also decided to sing. <laughs> or more likely, holding a song for us in the darkness of the night then you know you're in Africa. It was a very special and touching experience to preach the gospel in Eshetu because our crusade organizer, Paolo Mitanga, before he met Jesus, served people just in this area as the local witch doctor. He's on my team. We trained him. He's been with us for many years. Just to listen to his reports about how he, through demonic powers, worked in the world of occultism, makes your hair raise on your head. When I was proclaiming the name, about every name, the name of Jesus, and prayed for the many people, it was like a big explosion and many demons reacted violently, screaming and howling, sounds that were horrifying. It was a holy chaos. And we have never seen so many demon-possessed people at the same time. When people left the crusade ground going home, they found possessed people slain to the ground next to the road and under the trees. We had to send teams out, pastors out, to pick up the people. My power, my PS system is very powerful. The powers of hell met the victor, and one by one, the many people were set free from the evil powers. 
When God opens heaven about people, miracles will take place. It's difficult to explain. You need to experience it. Several blind and old people received their eyesight again. Weak and destroyed bodies became new. And deaf and dumb girl began to hear and speak for the very first time. I'm glad I'm in Africa. I'm glad God called me and my wife and my family. And if you can't rejoice, you're dead. The excitement and joy were, were enormous when a woman who had not been able to walk for 13 years, she was carried to the to, to crusade ground, suddenly jumped up and, and was healed. Her pastor was overwhelmed with this miracle and her twin sister could not contain her great joy. I'm glad God called me to Africa. About 3,000 people was registered and newly saved and once follow up. We felt like we had gone to the end of the world. But what a privilege to preach Christ for these people. So you might have listened to a lot of complaining tonight. But I didn't meant it as a complaining. I just want to, you to understand and know. You pay your price. We pay our price. But God is the greatest rewarder. Please pray and believe together with us for our upcoming crusades in August, September, and October. It's always a huge step by faith being engaged in planning and organizing the crusades before you have the needed financial resources. But we do it for the souls. We know we'll be saved, delivered from the evil hands of the devil, and healed. Finally. Don't get me wrong, but Jesus did not give us a mission. Jesus did not give a mission to his church. I'll try again. Jesus did not give a mission to his church. He formed his church for his mission. Without a mission, a church is not a church. It's just a group of disobedient Christians hanging out. I don't want to be harsh, but I think it's the truth. And even our church, our own church in Arusha, we have a great number of people. Most of them are young people. They don't have jobs. They don't have any income. The income can't pay the salary for the pastor. But every time we go on a crusade, the pastor takes up an offering for the crusade. And it's the biggest offering every month. Thank you. We love you. We pray for you. You are dear to our hearts. We are not complainers. But we want you to pray for us. The last chapter in our lives and ministry it will be the strongest and the best chapter. And finally, we will walk in the gates of heaven. Walk on the roads of gold and rejoicing. Seeing our Lord Jesus face to face. Listen, there's a pastor in Louisiana. He kissed me every time. And the first time I didn't like it. Not at all. But anyhow, he's still kissing me. He's the only one I allow to kiss me. Amen. 
<laughs> but I tell you, when I say Jesus, I want to kiss him. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.